Welcome to You're Not Crazy, where we talk about mental health matters and normalize talking about mental health. We will have licensed clinicians come in to talk about their specialties and the backside of therapy, with conversations on phrases people use and why they're controversial, attachment styles, burnout, sex and intimacy issues, toxic relationships, trauma, and so much more. Follow us to get the inside scoop on all the topics people are too afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Laura Huckamacki, and I am the Director of Corporate Development for Michigan Psychological Care. Uploads will be coming every Monday. Let's dig in. Today's episode will be on Tourette's Syndrome with a very special guest. This guest is the Quality Assurance Coordinator for Michigan Psychological Care. This special guest is Brooke Hackmeister. Welcome, Brooke. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. I'm excited that you're coming on the podcast because we work together pretty much every Monday in person and then pretty much every day for the rest of the week. Yep, absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. It's nice to have you on. All right, so we're going to do kind of a Q&A, kind of a conversation type of situation. So let's get into it. I'm going to ask questions and some of which I have the answers to and some of which I'll pass it along to you. Sounds good. So first I have here, what is Tourette's? And I'm going to answer that with the definition and then pass it along to you. So per the Mayo Clinic, Tourette's syndrome is a disorder that involves repetitive movements or unwanted sounds, tics, that can't be easily controlled. For example, you might repeatedly blink your eyes, shrug your shoulders, or blurt out unusual sounds or offensive words. Ticks typically show up between the ages of 2 and 15, with the average being around 6 years of age. Males are about 3 to 4 times more likely than females to develop Tourette's syndrome, which is weird because most of the people I've known with Tourette's syndrome are women. I think, like, 90% of them. It's a tick disorder by definition of the DSM-5. Tourette's requires multiple motor and one or more vocal tics to be present at some time during the illness, although not necessarily concurrently. The ticks may wax and wane in frequency, but have persisted for more than one year since the first tick onset. Onset is before 18 years of age, and the disturbance is not attributable to the physiological effects of a substance such as cocaine or another medical condition like Huntington's disease. Basically, that's saying that substances and medical conditions aren't causing the symptoms. Brooke, I'll pass it along to you. What is Tourette's syndrome to you? So for me, Tourette's syndrome is something that I've had since I was a little girl. I'll actually get into that later on. Okay, so then what is a tick? What kind are there? Verbal, physical, etc. Per the DSM-5, a tick is a sudden, rapid, recurrent, non-rhythmic motor movement or vocalization. Like we said earlier, it can be blinking, sounds, words. Brooke, what's your take on ticks? So first I want to note that ticks are spelled T-I-C-S not a tick like the bug. People often ask me when I tell them that I have ticks, they go, wait, you have ticks like the bug? And I correct them with the correct spelling. It's so easy for people to picture an object associated with the word rather than an action, even though the spellings are completely different. Secondly, I want to note that ticks can be very common and most people who have them don't have a diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome. And thirdly, I am not an expert on Tourette's by any means, but in my opinion, no one is ever really an expert. Tourette's is different for each person, and although I've had it for almost 20 years, my tics often evolve and develop into something different, so I have to relearn how to cope with the new tic. Over my lifetime, I have probably had over 250 tics, and they're actually in the evolving stage right now. At least that's what I call it. 
My evolving stages are when one tick shifts and changes into a different tick. This happens every couple years and tends to happen right as I'm getting comfortable with the current tick. Tourette seems to have a mind of its own sometimes. So we kind of went over two major words and phrases. So tick and Tourette syndrome. So what is the difference between a tick and Tourette's? Sure. Well, Tourette's is the official diagnosis, while ticks are the specific action that make up Tourette's. For example, a person can have ticks and not have Tourette's syndrome, but you cannot have Tourette's syndrome without having ticks. So essentially, ticks make up Tourette's syndrome. You might also see Tourette's syndrome written as TS. All right, that makes sense, but you said anyone can have ticks, is that true? Yes, absolutely. Anyone can have ticks, but not everyone has Tourette's, like I said before. Oftentimes, you'll see people who have a twitch, if you will. And a twitch is basically a more well-known term for a tick. Maybe someone scrunches up their nose or winks their eyes. These are both types of ticks, and the person usually doesn't have control over them. They just kind of happen. So, is it always like you see on TikTok where people scream swear words and throw things at the ceiling? For example, I've seen it on TikTok where people are baking and they scream and throw an egg on the ceiling. Is that kind of the general basis for Tourette's? So, there are so many different kinds of Tourette's, and everyone's type and intensity of Tourette's is different. When you see people on TikTok who yell profanities or throw things in the air, that is a more severe or higher level of Tourette's. If I take myself, for example, I'm on a decent amount of medication for my Tourette's prescribed by my neurologist. And with this amount of medicine in my system, I'm able to function. I can work, attend social events, and live my life how I want to. However, if I were not on medication, or if I were to even go off my medication for a couple of days, my tics intensify and become more severe, making it harder to do things like work or be social. Wow, that's really interesting. So then, can you stop the tics? Like, for example, if you're in the middle of a meeting or if you're out in public, can you stop them or do they kind of just happen on their own? While some people do have mild control over them, that's typically not the case. I mean, like if I use myself for an example again, I cannot control them. But, you know, I do a pretty darn good job of disguising them. Awesome. So what is the biggest misconception of Tourette's that you find? I would say that the biggest misconception is that we all yell profanities or swear words. Swearing is one of the most well-known tics out there, mostly because it's the one that people remember the most. You know, I have never yelled out profanities, and I have had Tourette's since I was seven years old. It's funny because when I tell someone I have Tourette's, one of the first questions I typically get is, do you swear? Short answer is no. But for some people, this is a reality, and I imagine that it can be really challenging to deal with. Absolutely. So I know that you're a big reader. Um, do you have any good book recommendations or resources for those who are listening in? Absolutely. So one of my favorite books is called Ticked by Jeff Matkovich. I'm probably pronouncing that last name wrong. This author wrote a book about himself and his experience with DBS, or Deep Brain Stimulation. DBS is, as he describes, a pacemaker for your brain. Basically, electrodes placed in certain portions of your brain that essentially turn off your tics. Now, this is an option for many, many people, but not for others. There are very strict qualifications that one must meet before they can consider being a patient for DBS. Unfortunately, I am not aware of those criteria. 
Wow, that's really interesting. I actually didn't even know that that was a thing. Um, I also know that you're going to likely be attending a convention or something of the sorts. Is that still going to be happening for you? Sure. So it's on April 1st in Wisconsin. It's um the Tretz Association of America is having a conference. It's basically more for parents who have children with Tourette's. But, you know, it's going to be very informative and I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. What kind of doctor do you see for Tourette's then? Because I know that there is a million and a half different specialties and I feel like this kind of falls in between certain specialties and I'm not really sure which one you go to. So I go to a neurologist or a movement specialist. Those are the main ones who work with Tourette's syndrome. Previously, it was more of a psychiatry, psychiatrist thing, but has more recently turned into a neurology or movement specialist area of expertise. If you will, take Parkinson's and Tourette's syndrome and theoretically put them side by side. Tremors are a telltale sign of Parkinson's, although that is not always the case. It's just one of the most common symptoms you see with Parkinson's patients. With Parkinson's, which is a movement disorder, people cannot control their movements or tremors. Same with Tourette's. People with Tourette's typically have no control over their tics. While some people do have mild control over them, this is typically not the case. So then do your providers give you a test to see if you have Tourette's or is there even a test for Tourette's? Sure. So there's no really like specific test per se, but there is certain criteria you have to meet to be diagnosed. I was diagnosed by my psychiatrist when I was 17 years old, and these criteria are as follows. Patients must have two or more motor tics and have at least one vocal tic that all happen multiple times a day for more than one year, and the onset must be before age 18. Nowadays, I'm not too sure if psychiatrists can diagnose, so don't really quote me on that. But like I said, when I was younger, my psychiatrist gave me my diagnosis. So then what do they do for treatment-wise? Do you need medication, therapy? What is the treatment for Tourette's syndrome? Yeah, so I have been to so many different psychiatrists and tried so many medications before finally finding an antipsychotic that works for me. Literally, when I say so many medications, I mean it. I even took a genetic test to decipher which meds should or should not work for me and my body. It was called GeneSight, and it was very informative. I've also been in and out of therapy since I was 13 or 14 years old, and I'm still in therapy today. I dealt with a lot of bullying because of my Tourette's, which has kind of contributed to my uncomfortability with my tics. So therapy has really helped me get out of my shell and accepting my tics that they are a part of me, but don't define me. My recommendation for anyone with Tourette's or tics, no matter your age, is to give therapy a shot or multiple shots, as each therapist is different. I totally agree with that. And actually, I just talked on that in our last podcast episode saying that just because a therapist isn't right for you, it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong, you're doing anything wrong, or that therapy doesn't work. It's a rapport match type of thing. And in our last episode, I actually used the example of dating where I said, just because somebody asks you out doesn't mean you're going to date them. And just because you went on one date with somebody doesn't mean you're going to stay with them for life. It's the same thing with a therapist. If you try it out and it's not a fit, it's not a fit. And you have to feel something and you have to fit for it to work. Absolutely. And that's something that I've worked with throughout my time in therapy is that sometimes you just don't mesh with someone and that's fine. Nothing wrong with them, them nothing wrong with you. It's just you just don't mesh. 
Exactly. So then our next question here is, is Tourette's a genetic thing? And like, is it inherited? How does it get passed along? Yeah, so there is scientific evidence that Tourette's is inherited. However, with that being said, and as far as we are aware, no one in my family has ever had a tick or Tourette syndrome. So I guess I should consider myself pretty special in my family. You definitely are special and not just in your family. Aw, you're so sweet. So do you think meditation could help? I know that this is a random question, but I was thinking about this as we were asking these questions and kind of popped into my head thinking maybe meditation would be a good option for those with threats. So yes, 100% meditation does help. So I'm a huge knitter and I regularly knit blankets or other things for my family and friends. And I find that when I'm knitting, I don't tick. Even when I'm under tremendous stress or anger, I don't tick when I knit. I'm sure it has something to do with how repetitive and in-sync knitting is with my brain. So when my ticks are bad, or as I say, when I'm ticking like a clock, I grab my knitting needles and get to work. Also, ticks don't happen when you're asleep, so that's an interesting little tidbit too. That's interesting, and it kind of leads into our next question here. You said something along the lines of you have times where your tics are more intense and less intense. What causes them to be more intense? Sure, so stress, anxiety, depression, or overall just being uncomfortable, whether it be emotionally or physically, always makes my tics worse. I think everyone experiences a level of depression and a level of anxiety, but I notice, and I'm speaking for myself, that people with Tourette's have a heightened level of anxiety and depression, and everyone's reason can be different. For example, mine is because I'm scared of what people will think of me. So to avoid that uncomfortable feeling, I try to hide or disguise my tics. It's been challenging, but I think I've gotten pretty good at it, although that's not always a good thing. I'm working on being more comfortable and accepting of my Tourette's. When did you start seeing your Tourette's then? Because I know you've said that you have had Tourette's for about 20 years. When did you first start seeing symptoms? Sure. Um, I was about seven years old when I experienced my first tick, and it progressed from there. Like I said, I've had well over 200 ticks in my entire life. When I first started my ticks, my parents and everyone else had absolutely no clue what it was, so we just called them habits. I was told to stop doing them, but being seven years old, I didn't have the ability to express and tell people that, hey, I can't stop them. This caused me to lose a lot of trust in my body and question almost every little thing that I did. That's really difficult, especially as such a young child, not knowing what's going on. It's It's got to be hard. Oh, man, absolutely. It was definitely a challenge. So you said that you've had over 200, maybe around 250 ticks in your life. What ticks do you currently have and what have you had in the past? Oh man, okay. Right now I have a tick where I stretch my neck to the right and push my left shoulder back. It's hard to describe if you can't see it, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I also have a blinking and a winking tick. And a tick where my thumb goes in circles and probably a few different ones also. Previously I've jerked my whole body, flung my arm in the air, stuck my tongue out, crinkled my nose, and boy does the list go on. So that leads into our next question. What has your experience been like bullying, speaking on it, etc.? Honestly, I was bullied, but surprisingly more by adults than I was by kids. Kids have always been more curious and inquisitive about it, while adults were more judgmental and more keep my kid away from her. As a child, I never understood when my friend's parents would point and whisper, 
but now I realize that they were just as inquisitive as their kids, but just expressed it in a different way. It was hard for me to make friends as I got older, number one because I was embarrassed. This was prior to getting a diagnosis or even having a remotely close idea of what was going on with me. Number two because I didn't trust myself or my body. I didn't know when I was going to tick next or whenever I was going to have a tick attack and basically go berserk. It was challenging. That does sound challenging. So what has been the worst thing that someone has said to you in regards to your Tourette's? So I was playing basketball in seventh grade, and at the time I had a tongue tick where I stuck out my tongue and touched my chin with my tongue. Now, this is one of the most painful ticks I ever had, and I remember my mom crying at one point because I was in so much pain. Basically, my bottom teeth had rubbed the underside of my tongue raw, making it hard to eat, drink, or even tick, which, remember, I could not control. Anyways, I was playing in a basketball game and was ticking like a clock, and my coach yelled to me on the basketball court, Cackmeister, if you don't keep that tongue in your mouth, you're going to bite it off and I'm not going to sew it back on for you. Wow, that stung. That stung so hard. My parents were so angry and so distraught, and I remember being so embarrassed and crying for several hours that night. I'll never forget that. I was so hurt. That's definitely very hurtful, and I can't believe that somebody had said that to you. At that point, did you know what was going on? Did you know you had Tourette's, or was this still in that call it a habit kind of phase that was still in the habit kind of phase um like i said i wasn't diagnosed till i was 17 so i went about 10 years without knowing what the heck was going on with my body i'm so sorry that happened to you that's okay you know you win some you lose some definitely so what are some things that can be seen as offensive to ask or say because we don't want to we don't want to contribute to that uncomfortability that your coach had given Um, So what are some things that you can think of that would be offensive? I used to get offended really easily, but as I've gotten older, not very much offends me when it comes to me. But as soon as someone is making fun of anyone else with tics or Tourette's, I definitely make it a point to bring it to the bully's attention and use it as a way to educate them about this disorder. That's awesome. I love that you speak on it for others as well. Are there any things that you're tired of hearing or being asked? Definitely not. 100% no. Tourette's is such a weird disorder, and it's so unique that so few people know about it and know the facts. So I guess I would say that I don't ever get tired of the questions. I just enjoy educating people and letting them know. That's awesome. And I know we had talked about how unique it is as a disorder or as a syndrome, and that really it's, it's not something to be ashamed of because it's interesting and you're unique and there's nothing better than being unique. Absolutely. So then what has been the biggest challenge of living with Tourette's? Wow, the biggest challenge. Um, definitely the discomfort that comes along with tics. I have been to so many physical therapists for different tics, and it's hard because most chiropractors won't crack me either. So the discomfort is a big negative, but the rice microwavable packs, or as I call them, hot socks, absolutely help. With each tick, I get a different sort of discomfort, whether it be in my neck or underneath my tongue or in my shoulder or in my thumb. Ah, that rhymed. <laughs> um, anyway, so physical therapy, I can't really use it long term because my tics evolve. So it's really a challenge. We talked about the biggest challenge of living with Tourette's, but what do you think the biggest blessing of living with Tourette's is? The biggest blessing is that I literally feel like I'm a walking mystery. 
Tourette's is such a mystery, and although there are quote-unquote experts on Tourette's, each person's tics are different, and I've never met a person with the same level of tics as me, so that's pretty cool to be different. It definitely is, and that kind of merges into our next question here of, do you think Tourette's is beautiful? And I know that you and I had talked about this, just as like a snowflake is individual and there's none like that, there's no one with the same level or the same tics as you at that same time. So though you may have the same tics as somebody at one time, you don't have all of the same tics or you've never had the exact same tics for your entire life. And I think that's so incredibly beautiful that you are so unique. Yes, absolutely. So I think that trust is 100% beautiful. It's unique. And isn't uniqueness what makes people beautiful? If we all looked and acted the same, there'd be no such thing as beautiful. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. And we oftentimes try to fit into the norm to be seen as beautiful. But like you said, if everyone was exactly the same, there would be no such thing as beautiful. I never thought of it that way. Absolutely. So then do you have any advice to give to a young individual who may be struggling with a recent diagnosis? Absolutely. So the one thing I want to say is that it does get better. It might not seem like it now, but with the right meds, the right therapy, and the right support system, it will get better. The thing with Tretz is that it comes in waves. It might be bad for a while, but know that it eventually will have to get better. Do you think that people on TikTok are helping spread good information on Tourette's or making it almost a stigmatized disorder, like helping people make fun of it almost? Um, I think that TikTokers are spreading their, their type of awareness. It's not good or bad information, but just that individual's information. I believe that if more people who might not have as intense of Tourette's would post about it and be more open with the public then the information being spread would kind of even itself out. It'd be more general information versus specific. I think that makes sense. It does. You should make a TikTok about your experience with the Tourette's book. <laughs> I definitely should. So then do you have any of the comorbidities to Tourette's? So I know that there's OCD, ADHD, but kind of, will you give us a little information on that side of things? Yes. So OCD is something that I deal with. There tends to be two sides of Tourette's the tick side, and the OCD side. So I actually count almost 24-7 as part of what I call my internal ticks. I count the letters in a word, the word in a sentence, and the sentences in a paragraph, all in groups of four. Now this can be either verbal or written, it doesn't matter because I count both. It's not something I'm super public about, just because it's hard to explain, but it's more common than you think. So I didn't think of this question until just now, and I'm still going to ask it because it's going to be kind of a fun one, but kind of an interesting one. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. So you said that you count in numbers of four, specifically like sentences in a paragraph. Do you think that came from in elementary school where they would teach you that a paragraph was four sentences or more? Wow, I never thought about that. I didn't either until just now. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with yes. But I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit more. Yeah, that's it ran into my mind as you were saying in numbers of four. And then you said sentences in a paragraph. And it brought me back to middle school, elementary school, where they tell you that it's four or more sentences in a paragraph. Wow. I'm floored. Me That's too. awesome. <laughs> All right. So we're almost done here. We have two more questions, I think. Do you have to tell your employers about your Tourette's? 
So I don't have to tell anyone about my Tourette's, but I choose to. The reason being that I want people to know and be educated. Most people think of it as no big deal, but others, it really bothers. So it's fun to play a guessing game with myself. How is this person going to react? What about this person? It's funny because everyone's reaction is different. So we actually just thought of another question. We're just going to make this a super long podcast, I guess, with all of my extra questions. Is Tourette's considered a disability? For some people, it is a disability. I don't know legally if it's considered as a disability, but it is a mental health condition. So people with mental illness can also qualify for disability through the state. But for me, it's not considered a disability just because I don't have as severe as someone else might. But definitely for other people, it might be considered a disability. Interesting. All right. And our last question here is, do you have any last things to say, any questions to bring up or any answers to give people? So in conclusion, I just want to say that questions are good, at least for me. I want to hear your questions and inform you. Tourette's is unpredictable, yes, but that shouldn't make anyone uncomfortable. In my experience, a lot of people want to educate people on their illness. Why do you think we have so many colors for awareness ribbons? By the way, Tourette's awareness is a teal ribbon and I have it tattooed on my right arm. It's my only tattoo and I love when people ask me questions about it. Just another opportunity to spread awareness. I also want to say thank you, Laura, for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my story and learn a little bit more about the weird world of Tourette's. Thank you. And I want to just bring up, you're open to receiving questions from listeners, correct? Absolutely. So they can reach me at my email and I'll just shoot them over to you. Um, my email is laura.huckamaggy at ccmcpsych.com. We've talked about how terrible this is. It's l-a-r-a dot a-j-k-a m-a-k-i at c-c-m-c-p-s-y-c-h dot com. The worst email in the world to tell people. All right. Thank you, Brooke. This has answered a lot of questions sent in and questions that I thought of on the spot as well. So thank you for coming in and talking on Tourette's Syndrome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Listen to our podcast uploaded every Monday to gather knowledge on mental health topics that you may be too afraid to ask about. If you or someone you know needs therapy, give Michigan Psychological Care a call. We have options for in-person and telemedicine counseling and therapy. We have some pretty awesome guest speakers joining us in the next few weeks from topics on mental health in the school systems, sex and intimacy issues, to LGBTQ matters. We are ready to have the conversations that most people are too afraid to talk about. Don't miss out. Click the follow and the bell button to get notified every time we post. Have any suggestions or questions? Feel free to contact me at that terrible, terrible email, laura.huckamacki at ccmcpsych.com. We'll see you next Monday. 